Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It is time for Let's Talk About Jesus, our weekly Bible study, our first weekly Bible study of a brand new year. Now, I believe that God wants to bless me. I believe God wants to bless you as a Christian. And if you're not a Christian and you have been... Uh, you have been directed somehow or another to this website, to this broadcast today, uh, this teaching in the Word of God. I believe God wants to bless you, and above all, and first and foremost, to bless you with the gift of forgiveness to save your soul. If you decide to repent of your sin, as we have and do, and come to Christ as our Lord and Savior, and accept Him as such, and be reconciled unto God. It is God's purpose to bless you with the greatest blessing of all, supreme of all the blessings, and that's the blessing of forgiveness, reconciliation with God, and eternal life. In effect, He wants to save you, seal you with the Holy Spirit, mark you as His own, and keep you safe from the wrath to come. Praise God. What a blessing. It's called the, the unspeakable gift in the New Testament. Praise God. And it's based on the unsearchable riches of Jesus Christ. Now, having said that, I believe that God wants to bless His people. And the question we want to ask in this teaching today is, uh, and the answer that we want to try to find, is can we pray and believe God for great blessings without becoming selfish but remain selfless so that God will bless us according to our faith and His purpose and His will for our life. And we want to look at this in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. I want to title this teaching, An Ancient Plea for Extravagant Blessings. An Ancient Plea or Prayer for Extravagant Blessings. Now, this is, in fact, called the prayer of Jabez. It's a prayer that he prayed, and we want to look into it biblically. I've been a pastor and evangelist for 50 years of my life. That's a long time to be in ministry, to study the Word of God. I've seen trends come and go <laughs> down through the years. I, I, I've learned through watching this process, trends that come in like a wave and then go out, and then some other trend will come in and go out, and another trend will come in and go back out. And time uh, tells the validity of a trend, whether it's biblically based or we're just using the Bible to try to get our will done and our way instead of His will accomplished in our life. So this prayer, commonly called the prayer of Jabez, not too long ago, people would recite the prayer that I'm going to read you that Jabez prayed and got 
an answer from God, and it concerns God's blessing upon his life and and how God blessed him and used him, amen, extravagantly, because God is, I often say it, God is, God is El Shaddai, which means the many-breasted one. It means that he's a God who is a God who is more than capable, more than able, more than willing to bless us extravagantly. Praise God. So his name is El Chaddai. Shad means breast. (laughs) Amen. Not El Chipo. And that doesn't mean that little blessings aren't to be received with great gratitude and give God praise for it. But God, I believe, wants to do something bigger and better than what most of us dare to believe Him for. That's that's why I want to make this statement again. Uh, the, the, The question we're trying to answer and ask and get an answer to through the Scripture is can we pray and believe God for great blessings without becoming selfish, but remain selfless, so that God will bless us according to our faith and His purpose, not my will, but thine be done. But when we discover His will, I believe we should ask largely of the Lord. In fact, I believe we should ask large enough in our prayer for God to be glorified in the answer. For it to, when the answer comes, so it, it's not misrepresented or misinterpreted as just luck, happenstance. No, this had to be God. Look at how this came to pass. I'm asking God for greater things in these, these latter years of my life and ministry than I ever dreamed of asking Him for previously. I, I, I started pastoring when I was 27 years old. I left Tampa Electric. I was on a line crew working for Tampa Electric. And I'll tell you something, <laughs> Tico's going to be around. People are going to run air conditioners here in Florida. and They're going to run heaters up in Maine. Listen, they're going to cook on that stove. They're going to use electric lights. They're not going back to candles to save money. Believe me, most people anyway. I had a secure job, and I had a a future with that company, and I was doing well on the job that I had. But God's call to preach the gospel superseded the security of a retirement and and a 409k and and I'm I'm still trusting God for for the future. But I'm asking Him more now. I understand his desire to be glorified in the way that he answers our prayers and in the way that he blesses us. And I have, I've been developing in me this, you know, studying for this, this part of the ministry, not the trend. I don't follow trends. I've learned that. I follow truth. Hey man, trends come and go, but God's truth is eternal. So we don't recite this prayer like a talisman or a rabbit's foot or a good luck charm. No, there are biblical principles, sound biblical principles to be found here. The praying the Lord's Prayer uh, is not some magic prayer that, that suddenly we can just repeat it. In fact, we're told not to pray uh, through vain repetitions, but to pray specifically specifically 
and to pray in a personal relationship with God. A lot of sermons going on as we enter this new year. But one of them is that I want to see the blessing of God upon God's children, God's people, God's ministers, and myself included, in such a way that we can bring Him honor and bring Him glory. And I want you to get something off the list a little bit. It's on the list, but it's way down at the bottom. And that is this big dollar sign. We're not talking about getting rich and wealthy and living like Wall Street moguls or Hollywood stars or sports stars. We're talking about doing God's work with His hand upon it in such a way that people recognize that God is for us and God is with us. And it's for our good and it's for His glory. He's very interested and committed in blessing it and blessing us. Hallelujah. So I've got a spirit of expectation just from studying to bring this Bible study. And I pray that you will too. There's no one too small, too insignificant for God to use in a mighty way. And it's okay to pray that God use me. We used to sing it, a sentimental song, and this is a warm-up. You know I'm not going to finish this in 30 minutes. I can't do justice to it. But I pray, pray that you are intrigued by the, the title of it, An Ancient Plea for extravagant blessings. And it was answered, by the way. So the principles involved to get this answer are very, very important to each and every one of us today. There are no little folks, no people too small. There's a lot of people too big, too proud, too self-sufficient to be used mightily of God. But there's no one too small, <laughs> too humble, uh, that recognize their own insufficiency and inability and depend wholly upon the Lord for Him to bless whatever we are called to do and whatever He sends us to accomplish. Oh, friend of mine, God wants to bless you today. God wants to bless you because He wants to use you. And we need His blessing, His favor upon whatever we're putting our hand to. Praise God. I, I love the scripture in Psalm 1. Uh, Blessed is a man that stands not in the counsel of the ungodly or sits in the seat of the scornful or walks in the way of sinners. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he doth meditate day and night. He will be like a tree planted by the rivers of waters. <laughs> Amen. And whatever he puts his hand to shall prosper. That's that. And whatever God leads us to put our hand to, he blesses it. There, there are business Christian business people that have practiced these principles and found blessings upon them that makes entrepreneurs <laughs> jealous and makes people scratch their head and say, how can Chick-fil-A stay open, I mean, stay closed on Sunday and still make a great profit? How can they do that? They could be making millions more if they would just 
stay open on Sunday. They're losing millions every year. Yeah, but they got God's blessing. They're not, there's, there's companies that have come on, on the scene that have made millions, even billions, and now they, they're making zero. They're making nothing. They're bankrupt. Listen, when God puts His hand on something or someone, He pronounces His blessing. So let's look at this in First Chronicles chapter 4, verse 9 and 10. And says, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. Now, folks, I'll, I'll read this from Bible, uh, you know, Bible dictionaries and things in just a moment. But let me just stop here and say, because she had a peculiar heart, a peculiarly hard labor in bearing him, she named him pain. That's what it means. Pain and sorrow. I mean, can you imagine? I know there's some kids that are a pain. I understand that. But this was her pain in bringing him forth. But he bore the name pain. You talk about someone who who, who, who was not, you know, named in such a way and, and evidently brought forth in such a way that he would be confident and he would go out with great expectations of what he could accomplish for God. No, no. He was named pain. He was named that, that connotated sorrow. Anyway, verse 10 says, and Jabez called on God. The God of Israel saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed and enlarge my coast that thine hand may be with me and that thou wouldest keep me from evil that it may not grieve me. His name was sorrow. His name was pain, but he was praying for a blessing that would cancel the sorrow, cancel the pain. Praise God. And God granted him that that he requested. Now, first and foremost, the prayer of Jabez is not a magic formula as it almost became to some folks, that that when recited over and over, we would suddenly result in blessing on whatever we chose to do. I know it says in Psalms, whatever you put your hand to will prosper. But that's not a blank check, dear friend. If you meditate in the Word of God day and night, you're going to find out even in the pattern prayer called the Lord's Prayer. Amen. Thy kingdom come, whose will be done? Whose will are we to bow to and acquiesce to? We're to acquiesce to the will of our Father. We're to surrender our will in order to discover His will. I want to say that loud and clear. I'm not going to get closer to the mic. Don't You don't have to adjust your volume. But I want to say it loud and clear. We surrender our will in order to discover His will. Listen, friend of mine, if we this is a confidence, the Scripture says, that we have in Him. If we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. And if we know that He hears us, we know that we have the petition <laughs> that we've desired of Him. If it's His will and we pray accordingly, my faith, your faith, is strong because we know God wants it. God purposes it. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Praise God. Amen. 
So the prayer of Jabez is not a magic formula to get what we want. And we don't just recite it over and over. We're warned against that, not to pray that way in vain repetitions. There is a sound biblical principles here. And that once established, every child of God can claim. Just as the Lord's Prayer in the New Testament is not just words to recite, but rather principles for all prayer and every prayer to be applied and obeyed. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, is, 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 is really a, a bowing to the sovereignty and authority of our great God and our Father and the Lordship of Jesus Christ. If you want the Spirit's leadership, it begins not by getting some vision, some dream, some some word from the Lord. It starts with Christ's Lordship. Amen. It starts with bowing before you start believing. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Bow. Thy kingdom come and surrender. Hallelujah. Amen. Acquiesce to His Lordship in your life. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. This opens you up, postures you, and prepares you for being led of the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, when you go to these faith seminars, I'm not knocking this. We need our faith built up, building yourself up on your most holy faith. Yes, we do. But faith is not a, not a one size fits every situation. You can't just believe God for anything you want, but you, because that's the illegal use of faith. You know, the Bible says in the book of James, you, ask, you, you have not because you ask not. In other words, God's not your source. You're not using your faith to believe God. You're not trusting in Him and expressing that trust by praying and believing. Listen, but it literally means and says in the Scripture, you have not because you ask not. You're not using your faith expressed in prayer and trusting God. But you ask and receive not. Uh-oh. Now it's no longer a faith issue at all. No matter how big you build your faith. You know, I've had people come to me and say, Pastor Venable, I, I, I have prayed in faith. And, 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 and I said, you, so you really believed God when you prayed? Whatever you ask in prayer, believing you shall receive. Yes, that's a scripture. Oh yes, I've got all the faith in the world. I thought, it's not just a faith issue. It's not just a faith issue. You have not because you ask not, you ask, you use your faith, great faith even, and you receive not. Because you ask amiss to consume it on yourself or your own selfish lust, your own selfish desire. The, the, the surrender of your will, the surrender of my will, this acquiescing to God, to Christ as the Lord of my life, that the Spirit of God might lead me according to God's eternal 
purpose for me. Hallelujah. Praise God. I, I prayed a lot of prayers that, that were not answered, and I had to go back and recheck my motive. I had to be very honest about what do I want this for? What do I want that for? Do I want that to bring God glory? Or I just want to bring it for my glory. I, I, you have to surrender. Not my will, but thy will be done. Now we're ready. Give us this day our daily bread. We can petition him once we begin to surrender to him. Praise God. Oh, friend of mine. This is the setting of this prayer. The context, and I'm going to read this from a Bible commentary dictionary combination. The context of this prayer, and Will Pounds actually is the author of this. The context of this prayer is Israel going in and taking possession of the promised land of Canaan. God had promised his people an inheritance in Canaan, but his people could not drive out the inhabitants of the land in their own strength. It was beyond them. They were not a war machine marching in to conquer, but a multitude of second-generation slaves who were incapable on their own to possess the land. Only God could do it in and through them. Oh, you ought to underscore that. I'm going to underscore it and say it again. Only God could do it in and through them. Jabez was acutely aware of his own insufficiency. I mean, you know, I, what's worse than a boy named Sue? <laughs> it's a boy named Jabez. Pain. Sorrow. And he prayed out to God in a sentence prayer for help. Oh, by the way, that stuff about boy named Sue and pain, that's, that's not, that's not Will Pounds. That's Robert Venable. You could probably tell. But friend of mine, I want you to know that, that sometimes the devil will belittle us. He will put us down. He will show us how weak we are to try to convince us not to use our faith as we surrender ourselves to the will of God. Oh, friend of mine, God has a different message for you and for me today. Jabez begged God for his supernatural blessing. He boldly asked God to enlarge his inheritance in the promised land. Jabez was named by his mother. We know nothing of the father. Perhaps he had died before the birth of Jabez. Something happened at the time of his birth to cause her great pain. It may have been an unusually painful delivery or something happened in the family that caused her great sorrow. So she called him Jabez because I bore him in pain. It could be literally he causes or will cause pain. It was some form of unusual pain of travail or sorrow. The only problem is that his mama branded the poor boy with the name pain for the rest of his life. Can you imagine your mother saying, hey, pain, come here. Hey, pain, will you help me with this? And people beginning to call him pain. Four thousand years later, this we know about him. This is, this is as much as we know about that, that she named him pain. Jabez prayed a one-sentence prayer, and God used him mightily. 
Amen. The word bless. He asked for God to bless him. Oh, that you would bless me indeed, he prayed. And the word bless in the Old Testament means to endue with power for success, prosperity, longevity, etc., Anything that is a blessing, but I, I want to, and this is theological word book of the Old Testament, that little part of that meaning. Make sure it goes beyond prosperity, longevity, anything that is just for me. You see, we balance that. We got to balance this with the book of James. Where he says very clearly, you have not because you ask not. You need to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Whatever you ask in faith, believing you shall. In prayer, believing, using your faith, you shall receive. As your faith be, so be it unto you. Praise God. If thou canst believe, (laughs) amen, thou will see the glory of God. Nothing is impossible with God, and nothing is impossible to him that believeth. But when we're building our faith to believe, we have to prepare our heart to receive. Not just to get what we want, but to have his will and His purpose accomplished in our life. Praise God. Amen. It is clear from the Old Testament, the abundant life rests directly upon the loving and faithful nature of God. God is the only source of these blessings. They are supernatural. They are, they are according to His eternal will and purpose for our life. He makes every decision for our good as His children and His glory. And He does not have to be conjoled (laughs) to give His blessings to all who trust Him. You don't have to try to twist God's arm. Amen. Ezekiel 34, 26, I like this. It says, I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing to all who trust in Him. Praise God. Amen. I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing to all who trust in Him. I will make them and the places around my hill a blessing and will cause showers to come down in their season and they will be showers of blessing. He causes it but it, it just looked like, you know, the rain's coming instead of it getting drought, uh, drying up and the crops, uh, being, being very, very sparse. He said, I will, and in fact, this is the way he brings restoration. He said, I will send you the former and the latter rain in one season. Praise God. To the world, it just looks like, well, we just had a good rainy season. Now the crops are bumper crops. But to the person who's been praying and obtained the blessing of the Lord, we know that rain that came, God sent it. Behind it was the supernatural fulfilling of the purpose and the power of the God that we serve. Hallelujah. So God's will, I believe, is indeed to bless his people. No matter what Satan does to hurt us, 
God's determination to bless us will always overrule and overcome Him. He'll turn the curse into a blessing. Praise God. Amen. Joseph is sold into slavery. God's blessing follows him. Did David say it (laughs) in Psalm 23? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me. All that just because goodness and mercy is following you doesn't mean that your whole life is going to be just everything's going to be just fine. There are going to be pressures. There's going to be problems. There are going to be setbacks. There's going to be satanic attacks. We live in faulty bodies in a fallen world and we have a foe called the devil and he's seriously committed to our destruction. But as long as goodness and mercy is following us, every curse will turn into a blessing. And what the devil meant for evil, God means for good. And I love that. I love that scripture. Listen, Joseph is sold into slavery, but God's blessing follows him. Genesis chapter 39 says, And Joseph was brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian brought him, uh, bought him of the hands of the Ishmaelites, and which had, had brought him down thither. And the Lord was with Joseph. Now his brothers tried to kill him, put him in a, probably a broken cistern, a pit that he couldn't climb out of. They, they wanted a way to get his blood off their hands, and they just sold him into slavery because they were jealous of the blessing of the Lord that was on his life. But the Lord was with him. Sold into slavery, the Lord was with him. Becoming a slave of this man, the Lord was with him. And because the Lord was with him, The Bible said, and he was a prosperous man, (laughs) hallelujah, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that, wait a minute, look at this, that the Lord was with him. You see, it's for our good and God's glory. In fact, amen, if we start talking about Jesus being the answer, somebody's going to look for substance (laughs) in our life to indicate these people, these people have the blessing of, and I'm not talking about the car you drive. I'm not talking about the clothes you wear, the money you may or may not have in the bank. I'm talking about the blessing of the Lord, his favor in our life. Praise God. Amen. His master saw that the Lord was with him, that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. What he put his hand to was prospering. So what he did for his master when he showed respect to to, to this Egyptian, it worked. <laughs> it, it, it prospered him. And Joseph found grace in his side, and he served him, and he made him overseer over his house and all that he had, he put into his hand. Devil meant it for evil. God meant it for good. Verse 5 said, And it came to pass from the time that he had made him overseer in his house, and over all that he had, the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was upon all that he had in the house and in the field. And he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, 
and knew not, and knew not aught what he had. He said, I don't know how much I've got. I don't know, but I trust him because God is with him with all that I have. Save the bread which he did eat. And Joseph was a goodly person and well-favored. You know the rest of the story, how his wife tried to seduce him. He would not sin against his master. <laughs> Remember, the prayer of Jabez is not just to get stuff, some magic formula to get what we want, self-serving, selfish. Listen, keep me from evil. Keep me from evil. Keep me from the pain and suffering that sin will cause. Keep me from evil. God is, was keeping Joseph from evil. You know, evil, evil presents itself. Evil is aggressive. Temptation is strong. He was a young man. But friend of mine, he said, I will not sin against my master. I won't sin against my God. <laughs> she grabbed him by the coat. And he let her have his coat and he ran the other way, accused of sexual assault and put in prison. And, and, and yet God was with him. How can God be still with you and bless you? Interpreted the king's dream and then the king begins to respect that God is with him. And the king puts him in charge of his granaries in time of famine in the land. And his own brothers came to beg for some of that grain for Israel lest, and God's people lest they starve in the famine. And guess who they have to come to? This person who has such power and authority in Egypt. And they were afraid when they recognized this is our little brother that we wanted to murder and sold into slavery. And, and instead of enacting vengeance upon them, he said, don't worry, don't fear, don't be afraid. You meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Listen, if God is with you, it doesn't matter what people do against you. If he means it for good, it's going to turn out good. <laughs> Amen. Because God who loves you and has a purpose for your life, when He answers your prayer for this kind of blessing, to be a blessing. <laughs> if you have a heart to be a blessing, get ready to be blessed of the Lord. Hallelujah. Get ready for your cup to run over because you're not going to lavish it on your own selfish lust. Amen. God is going to put you in a position, me in a position uh, of helping somebody else. Listen, you meant it for evil. God meant it for good to deliver all of the covenant children, all of Israel in the time of famine. This this twisted road that looked like, where is God in this? How could God be in that? God was with him every step of the way, and God is with us today. If when we pray for blessing, we pray it for his glory and our good. Hallelujah. Listen, our time is gone. We haven't finished this, of, of course. We want to continue it because this is something I believe in this coming year. And I'm not claiming that God gave me some special revelation. But as I prayed for the Bible study, 
an ancient plea for extravagant blessings. Is it all right, dear Lord? I'm asking Him, can we pray and believe God for great blessing without becoming selfish, but remain selfless, so that God will bless us according to our faith and His eternal purpose? I believe we're finding out the answer is yea and amen. Yes and amen. Let's believe God for nothing less than His best in our life going into this new year that we might represent a great King, a good and glorious Shepherd, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We may serve Him with all that we are and all that we have with all that He gives us. (laughs) Hallelujah. Amen. And oh, by the way, I believe God will materially bless us because many times that's part of his purpose to put us in a position to be a blessing wherever he directs it. Glory be to God. We love you today. Look forward in this new year. Little, little warning. Don't follow what may be trending at any given time within the Christian community. Trends come and go like waves come in and go out. And I've seen many of them come and go in 50 years of ministry and following Jesus. But truth stands solid. Doesn't It comes, <laughs> but it never goes. In fact, heaven and earth will pass away, but His Word will abide forever. Today, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're like a ship without a rudder in life. Oh, you can try to chart your own course, but the scripture is very clear. It's not with, it's not within man that walketh to choose, make his own way. Oh yeah, you can have ambitions. You can go after it with every tooth and toenail to be the richest man, the most powerful man or woman the most successful, the most beautiful, whatever your goal is. Goals are good. God is better. When your goal is to please the Lord, when you come to know Christ as your Savior, God becomes your heavenly Father. And when the Holy Spirit begins to lead you and direct you, you're not like a ship without a rudder. The Bible says everyone that doesn't know Christ and therefore is that the enmity with God is without God and therefore without hope in the world. But everyone who knows Him has a heavenly Father who provides, protects, blesses, and keeps us. Come to Jesus. Let Him seal you for heaven. <laughs> Let God forgive your sin by receiving the one He sent to be your Savior today. Let Him become your Sovereign and your King, your Lord and your Savior. And begin this year with not only a rudder to direct you, but a sail (laughs) to project you, (laughs) to bring you to the destination that He allows you to set the rudder for and glorify God and live for someone and something bigger and better than just yourself. And don't think you're too small 
for God to use you. In Jesus' name.